Justin, you know how we say like spring has sprung when it starts like getting real nice out? Yeah. What if I said this? What if I said fall has flung? Because mm. while it's not like cold out, it like it's not it doesn't have that nice fall bite to it yet. The leaves are crunchy, mm. the trees are red and orange. Mm. And like I'm fucking feeling it, dog. <laughs> yeah, I would say we get like two weeks of fall and we are in it. We're in it right now. And it is we're it's 65 it. and 70 degrees. So like I'm walking out the house with a coat, right? And then I'm immediately taking that off as soon as I get to my car. But you know what I'm wearing right now, Justin? I'm wearing jeans. Oh, yes. I'm wearing yes. jeans right yes. now. Yes. And I'm comfortable. I, lo- I love, okay, now this might be fucked up. I love a good jean. Mm. I would sleep in jeans. I'm glad. Like, why are we the same person except not? Are you really? Because I, like, when I go home after a hard day of work. Yeah. I'm wearing, like, you know, my, my slacks. Yes. My chinos. Chinos. My sometimes suit pants, even. Yeah. And I take them off, and, and do I put on sweats? You could, no. Justin. But I could. I don't. You could, but you don't. I put on the jeans. It's jeans. I love. I roll I, around in the I jeans. I love denim. Okay, now this might. Okay, this might be a controversial take. Okay, and I like. Here's the problem with this being recorded, and we'll be like, it's recorded, and it's forever. You know, and ever um, and ever. And like this, like like this is exclusively a conversation that's on the record. But you know what? I'm sick of. I'm sick of hiding it. I'm sick of not living my truest self. I don't even mind like wet jeans. Like if you were to go like, okay, now wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying you're sitting here and I'm about to mm. just pour a pitcher of water on me. I'm saying like yeah. if I've got my jeans rolled up above my knees, mm. right? It's like it's summertime. I'm mm. hanging out. Maybe I'm like at the beach or like on a boat with some people. Okay. And like if those jeans get wet, like if I like hop in the water with those jeans on, I'm not like that's not the end of my day. I'm not taking those jeans off. It's like it's summertime, baby. Yeah, I mean, I I would prefer wet jeans over wet like anything other pants, I guess. Like if I'm if I'm like walking into work and it's raining out and my pa- yeah. my my dress pants are all wet, that's a problem. But yeah. I'm walking in jeans, people are just like, "Oh, you're an outdoorsy kind of guy." I just I think jeans are a good look. They feel good. Like the denim, like denim is like got this like soft but also like it's got like such a nice texture to it. I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm a fan of the weather, I'm a fan of the fits. And I'm a fan of the jeans, and I'll stand by it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have jean jean questions for you. Please. How many do you own? So this is actually all right, Justin. This is actually interesting. Um, before our trip to Texas last weekend, uh, I went to uh, I went to the jeans store because uh, I was like, Old well, Navy. I, need, uh, I went to Target because I was like, okay. I, I needed more options, and also I used to work at Old Navy, and I just don't want to be there anymore. They know you there. You can't. You can't um, do that. Well, yeah, I, you're a different one now, right? It would be a different one, but like Target's right across the street from me and I live in the cornfields now. So like <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Target. So I go to Target and uh, I'm like, OK, I should get like two. Like I, I need like two pairs of jeans. I bought a, bl- a pair of black jeans, a pair of denim Levi jeans, right? Because they were on sale. Mm. Uh, and then I looked at what the weather was going to be like in Texas and it was 95 all weekend. So oh, like all weekend did yeah. not get a whole lot of use out of those. But I bought two pairs of jeans because I was like, you know, I'm about halfway where I want to be in this like fitness weight loss journey that I'm on right now. I don't quite fit in the jeans that I used to have. And also the jeans I used to have were like my high school college jeans. 
and I'm not like you've know you've known me that whole time. I was like wearing the super skinny, super mega skinny hot topic jeans. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and like that's fine. Like it's a good look. I'm not saying skinny jeans aren't a good look. And these are like the slim cut jeans. But I just was like, maybe I can't have them be plastered onto my body anymore. Maybe I should, maybe I should take a get a little get a looser cut, a little looser cut. You know what I mean? Well, so I mean, why I though? Say, like, I mean, if, why? If, they, if you can wear skinny jeans, well, then that's the like problem. Because right now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now it's okay, not a go. good look on your boy. All right there you go. Right. Um, I don't know. I, to answer your question. I have about four pairs of jeans that I could wear like right now. If you were like, go get me some jeans to put on, I, I could do that. But I've got like maybe an additional three to four colored mm. jeans mm. For, for like festive. I've got these like purple jeans that are just Ooh. delightful for like a Halloween month, also known as October. For a, a Waluigi costume. Exactly. But the problem, Justin, is again... Um, those are my high school jeans and I'm not high school Peter anymore in that body. Like I am in my brain, but like I'm not in that body anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. How many pairs of jeans do you have? Well, I have two. I love that, that I this saw- is where the podcast has gone. I know. Right. Go but on. like these are the real questions. People got to yes. talk about this. more. Agreed. I have two. I have two that I wear frequently, but I have three total. Okay. And I'll then say I, this. And I, yeah, I think I have a couple other pairs that I like don't wear. Like I'm like, if I have to do some outside work, this is the pair of jeans I'll wear. So that's like similar, the- similar to the, the the. I'm sure we got some stink eyes from people being like, you guys love you'll wear jeans to relax or the whole wet thing, right? Like, I'm sure we get we're getting some stink eye from some listeners. This next thing is I am at, I've gotten a lot of stink eye for in the past. How often are you washing your jeans, Justin? Uh, I probably wash them like every two to three weeks. Okay, see, I'm on that every like two to three months kind of trend. Ah, well, I mean, that's that's supposed to be fine, right? And here's the thing. I say that to people and they go like, uh, what? And I'm like, I want you to think back and think about all the times that you were hanging out with me and you were like, those jeans are fucking nasty. You can't. You don't. (laughs) It's I mean, like if I spilled something on them, right, if I'm like I spilled a bunch of pasta sauce, right, a bunch of like a nice bullinesque or whatever, like I would change them. I would wash them. But like if you're just walking around in jeans all day, like you're breaking them in, you're you're living in them. You know what I mean? I just on a cleaninginstitute.org, very credible website. They're yeah, institute.org. They said jeans can typically be worn three times before washing. Oh, I'm way exceeding that. Yeah, leggings and tights should be washed after every wear to get rid of baggy knees. <laughs> that's you know that's interesting that that's what they were. I would wash leg like if I were to wear leggings, I would probably give those a good wash every time just for sweat reasons and unmentionables and other such. But like, yeah, like man, but sweat is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just check. thank you for clarifying. I, you're welcome. I just I wasn't I, I feeling brave enough to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are we done with video games? Can we just is, is it a, is this a clothing podcast? I don't even know anything uh, about clothes, but I know like a lot about our jeans. fashion choices and our food choices. That's really we could have some spinoff uh, about those, and I think it'd be pretty pretty uh, moderately less successful than than our video game. What podcast. would it be called? What would it be called? It would have to be like hit gene hit. Gene box. Hit the gene box. Yeah. Hit slacks. It's a box.
then we could do lunchbox. Oh, lunch, Justin, lunchbox is a great idea. Justin, lunchbox, the lunchbox, the lunch, the lunchbox podcast. Welcome I back like it. to the Hitbox Podcast, episode number one hundred fifteen. My name is Peter Hunspedick. Joining me, as always, the Gene Man, Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? I am doing great. Uh, ironically, though, I gotta admit, I am not wearing jeans right now. I got some sweatpants on, but you look um, cozy. It's like a it's you. like a nice cozy Sunday afternoon. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm still technically half in in my like my my uh, pajamas. Um, I I did fix my hair because we are recording this on the video, which you should check out our videos. Uh, YouTube dot so like, slash a bunch of random bullshit, or just search Hitbox. Yeah, it, it should show up eventually. Eventually. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, so I'm, I'm still technically in my comfies. But you did mention wearing them to bed, and like sometimes it's happened. It's just too much to take off, and I'm just like, hey, these are my pajamas right now. They're comfortable. I'm snug. I feel like I'm being hugged, right? Like I'm not saying I'm like going to bed in jeans every night, but I am saying like if I'm camping, you know, or oh, if I'm yeah. if, if like whoops, you know, I'm spending the night at a friend's, like it's an overnight thing, and like oh shit, I forgot to bring like additional pants. It's like, I'm sleeping in these bad boys. You're good. You're good. <laughs> It's good. And you wake up and it's like it's like a blanket that lives on your legs. We're going to talk <laughs> about video game news. Here is a preview of what's coming up. Uh, we have an update, a major update to the Bayonetta 3 voice actor con- uh, controversy. As soon as that episode went up, like the next 12 hours of last week, it was like, it oh, there's kept. a lot more context. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it aged super well with the new information. Um, Silent Hill 2 remake has been announced along with a slew of additional other Silent Hill projects. And Sony provoked Bloodborne fans completely unnecessarily. We're going to talk about <laughs> all that and more before we do. Just going to give you a quick reminder. Go ahead and join us on Discord. Link to that is in the description. Post a seven-word review of a game you've been playing. I've been playing a lot, Justin. So I'm going to have a lot of seven-word reviews in the next few months here. Um, and weeks, I guess, as I, as I finish the games that I've been juggling. Uh, or you can also find us on Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. You can become a $1 deluxe podcast. Uh, sorry, just a $1 podcast producer. Get your name read in the show. Put it in the uh, the description of the episode or you can be $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel, like Dave Parker for a shout out on the show, obviously. And then it's oh. an additional 30 minute bonus episode every single week. $3 a month gets you all that. At this point, we've got like 16, 17, 18 bonus episodes. I like, don't remember where we're at, but like it's a good amount is what I'm good. trying to say. They're good content. We go all out. This week we're talking more, we're doing a more in-depth talk about Gotham Knights. I mean, we're going to touch on it here, obviously. It's big news, but uh, we're going to be really getting into it. If, you, if you're interested in that, go ahead and hop over there. If you can't support us financially, hey, no problem. Go ahead and support us by uh, following us on Twitter at HitboxPod, uh, giving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this podcast on. With that all out of the way, Justin, what do you say we hop over to the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it! Metacritic Roundup. All right, we got two games uh, here at the in the Metacritic Roundup. We have Tale of the excuse me, the new Tales from the Borderlands. Um, this is the like the Tales from the Borderlands was it was that a Telltale game originally? Yeah, that was a Telltale, the classic story one. I think it was one of the earlier ones that came out before. There's just a million of them. Yeah, um, and so this is a sequel. Did you play that original one? 
I played like the first episode that came out. Um, like it was like a free. Uh, a lot of those are like, free. I, yeah. Yeah, like the first episode, and they're like buy more, and I'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played a lot of the like a lot of those episodic games are like first game, first episode is free, and then the rest you got to pay for, which was great because it did like. I would be I would do those and be like, oh, cool. I'm not touching. Yes, yeah, I got what I need out of this. Yeah. Like, oh, got it. Um, well, this is a new one. It's not developed by um, Telltale, though. This is developed by 2K Games. It has a Metacritic score of 71 on the PC. And then it doesn't have scores uh, elsewhere because that's just not the review copies that were handed out. Um, it seems like people it seems like this is a generally a very fine one of those. If you like the yeah. writing in Borderlands and if you like the gameplay of those, you know, kind of puzzly, uh, uh, like choose your own adventure type telltale games, like then this is probably fine. I don't know. It seems like that's the general consensus and not that anyone is like, Oh, it's terrible, but mostly like, yeah, it's just, it's fine. It's one of them. Right. Yeah. I think like, uh, with, with games like this, I, I think this is like an older type of just like gameplay mechanic at this point. I think when you're, when I go back and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when I went back to play like some of the original telltale, like, uh, walking dead, the thing that got me through that was not the moment to moment gameplay. It was a story. Yep. The characters like yep. liking them. And if anything, the, the moment to moment gameplay of walking around and looking for the two things to interact with the environment is not like f- the fun part of those games. You know, it's just kind of like, I'm going to get through the plot to do this. That really is. So I replayed the first walking dead. What? Like last year with Elena. And like, while it is, I think still a like phenomenal game, just as soon as it's like, all right, go walk around. It's like, just comes to a halt, you know? Yep. yep, Yeah. And I think this game seems to be like that again. It's going back to that older gameplay mechanic of stuff. And it seems like they tried uh, to do a a couple of fun little mini games and stuff in there that aren't really fun or hard or, add anything other than yeah. just a diversion or something like that mm-hmm. um so i, I think it, i this, this score makes me think of two things first of all um those old telltale games aren't really enough anymore even a style of that we need more than that yes the second thing is that based on like our fantasy draft uh this year people uh, just don't like I, I, a lot of these like narrative sc- games don't seem to review that well anymore. Um, and not that a 70 is a bad review score, but like when's the last time a narrative based game like this scored over a 90? <sighs> over a 90? I mean, like I'm I trying mean, to think like I'm, I'm trying to think about like the big narrative games of the past while i mean yeah um the quarry um uh i mean not, the not quarry, that that's yeah. like a huge one that was like i think in the mid 80s uh right that was um, pretty okay if that even wait why is there not a score for this oh uh 78 on xbox 74 on ps5 79 Which on I think, pc i think is low if if you ask me um looking yeah, at that to replay and, that but yeah and then um what was the other one uh the uh, until like, dawn uh, until dawn that 79 was, similar with that so it just seems like these games aren't like i always expect them to be really well reviewed specifically after thinking about how popular and game of the year discussion uh things like uh walking dead was when it first came out yeah um which by the way had an 89 on metacritic walking dead did yeah which is great like 
Um, and and it really, uh, with review scores, like few things score over ninety. <laughs> like I think that like that's like a- asking a lot of a video game. But yeah, I just I guess I'm always surprised at how like I would expect these games to score a little bit better than they actually do. Um, so this is just it seems to be hey, it's a seventy. If you like these kind of games, it's a good okay one. I think I think it's tough because it is one of those things, right? Where like, of course, it's a video game and not to be that kind of person who's like, "Mm -hmm, it's not a game because (laughs) you're watching a lot of cutscenes, right? Like not to be that guy. But I think that people have certain expectations of what they would want out of a video game. And like people who like this sort of stuff, I think are is a is a smaller niche. And um, I would say that like. If you're trying like to hang your game's hat on the story, it has to be really good, right? Like the writing yeah. has to be great. The characters have to be solid. The performances have to be solid. Like, and there's so many, so many different places where that can go wrong. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, like, and I think some of the best story games tend to think a little bit more outside of the box in terms of the actual like gameplay and mechanics and stuff. So like, you know, like the last of us, let's say that like the first one, particularly that one is lauded, right. As like, this is maybe one of the best written games ever. Like the performance are so solid. Like the writing is great. And that could be like, you could fit that game into a telltale formula, right? Like it's not hard to imagine that game as a choose your own adventure, whatever. Right. But I still think it might suffer because it's like, yeah, but like the mechanics are pretty simple. Like it's just like, it's all just narrative choices and stuff you know and i just think like with games like that for me i like to have the breakup of like you are doing a story beat then you do the mission with that kind of stuff to like just kind of break it up so i'm not like doing the same type of like story interaction stuff much as why like you know like a game like god of war even like a game like that 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 has gameplay that's fine like i think it's it's okay like it's nothing like to to write home about but you have that gameplay with a story like that and those two things just like kind of like are in concert with each other to make it like a a good experience i never really get sick of one thing um whether it's the story or the gameplay but when it's just the story sometimes and there's not a lot to do between missions and things like that i think that's like a game like like what new tales from the borderlands seems to be lacking um and and also, so I just did a, a few searches of like some of those like really big narrative games. I looked up like Heavy Rain and Detroit and The Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead. So like I said, Walking Dead had an 89 on Metacritic. Wolf Among Us is the second closest one, which has an 83 on PS4 and 80 on PC. Uh, and then everything else wasn't able to break uh, even 80. So like I think Heavy Rain had like a 79, like all of these games uh, until dawn 79 same thing right all of these games get really close and, and do, are received well generally but like yeah uh, it seems like the caveat to recommending a lot of these games is like well watch the trailer first and see if these sorts of characters are what you can get down for for you know 10 hours or so and if not then maybe skip it but yeah uh, other game here in the Metacritic roundup is Gotham Knights on PS5. It has a 69. Awesome. On Xbox Series X, a 68 and PC, a 66. Uh, Justin, I have played a fair amount of Gotham Knights for work and I have many thoughts Ooh. on it. Uh, um, so would you say your thoughts are in line with these Metacritic scores? Yeah, I would probably give this a six out of 10 or a five. Okay. Maybe um, it's. People are like taking Gotham Knights into the street and like kicking it to death and inviting their friends to come over and start kicking too. It is not that bad. Take that as the 
statement it is. <laughs> Bare minimum. <laughs> it is not that bad. It is. It's yeah. fine. It is. Uh, I think it would have been a really good game in like 2008 or 2009. Um, the problem, I think the biggest problem with this game is that it's not an Arkham game and it's not developed by, um, who makes it? Rocksteady? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not made by them. It's WDB Montreal. And this game looks like a Gotham game, an Arkham game. It has characters similar to the Gotham games, but because it invites that comparison, um, it fails at pretty much every level to meet those like ba- everything that those that those games did really well. These this game attempts to do, but just doesn't quite hit the same peaks of it. Uh, and it's just it also suffers from some like bad design in, in a f- few different areas and stuff like that. And so it just comes across as just not feeling like fully all there. Um, but I don't know. I've seen people like I said, I, I, I've seen people just like hating on this thing and i think if you're a batman fan don't buy this at full price but wait until it's 30 bucks or so and play it and you'll have a fine time with it so like what's your background with the gotham games like the arkham games i played the yeah, original yeah. one when it came out i really liked Goth- uh, arkham city uh i think that's where i stopped though i didn't i didn't try arkham knight or arkham origins um and uh, like, did you like what you played of that game or, or I loved them. I'm not really a Batman person or even really a DC person. Like I know them. I really like the dark Knight movie. Um, but not necessarily for Batman explicitly. I think it's just like a good movie, you know? Um, I saw the justice league movie when it came out with you. It was great. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend seeing it in that theater. Let me say, yeah, that, and that's what it is, right? Like it was a good time. (laughs) <laughs> but that's also like a loaded sentence. It was a good, yeah. we, we had <laughs> yeah, a good time, uh, but yeah. not maybe because we loved the movie, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. The, it, it is. I, I really liked those games from what I played of them. The first two at least. Um, and this, I think wants to be those really bad, but it's just not up to snuff. Um, it's combat is really flighty and doesn't feel super like, it doesn't feel very like his combat just doesn't feel like super solid. You're, you're sliding around everywhere. The enemies are sliding around everywhere. Their attacks are really basic and telegraphed. The enemy types aren't that interesting. Um, the combat is, is really simple and it's not, it doesn't have the flashiness that the Arkham games had. Um, you know, they kind of, I don't know if they pioneered this, but they certainly, I think popularized that whole, like, you know, you're doing light attacks and heavy attacks. And then when someone's going to come and punch you, you hit the counter button and then you do like a, a kind of cool finisher on them or, or there's like an interesting animation that plays or whatever. And this game just doesn't have a counter button. It just has a dodge button. So like you can, you dodge it out of the way and then you can do a follow up attack, but it, it like, it's the same follow up attack every single time, you know? Um, so it, it, it just doesn't like, the combat, which I think is the main appeal of this sort of thing, just doesn't feel super like thought out or good or like it, it doesn't feel done. It feels like a, this game feels like a good start to a game. This feels like I played a preview of a game that's coming out in like a year. Um, similarly, like there's just a lot of baffling like design choices apart from that. Um, you pick from one of the four batlings, you know, like um by the way, uh, we were talking about this last week, and my roommate, Josh, who is a very big Batman fan, was, like, saying, like, it was so funny hearing you guys try and figure out who the fuck 
Robin is. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, I, I, like, who, like who their name? Because like Jason Todd is, I think, someone we brought up, and he's Red Hood. But like, I don't. I but he tell he you. was Robin, right? I, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Josh, tweet at us once you hear this. Tweet at us. Let us know. Tell us. Break down that web. Josh, make a Twitter account and then tweet at us. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, like, so you pick one of the four bat family people, bat kids, bat children, uh, the, the characters. Like, you've, you've got Robin, you've got Nightwing, you've got Batgirl, and you've got uh, Red Hood. Um, and... Like, that's cool. You can, you can switch out between them at any time, but you level them up all individually. So I've be, I picked Batgirl at the start, and then I've just been playing her because I realized, like, oh, if I select, if I want to try Nightwing, like, I can, but I'm not going to be leveled up enough to play the main missions or to do, like, the side quests I want to do. I would have to, like, go and grind to get the character up to snuff to be able to engage with that sort of stuff. And it just doesn't sound good. Similarly, like because you, you have to level them up all individually, like you don't have a shared skill tree or anything like that because each of the characters plays like mostly the same, but they have slightly different abilities. Like when you get new skills as Batgirl, you don't also have new skills as Jason Todd, whichever character that is. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, if you want to play multiple characters, you are going to have to put in a significant amount of work. And a lot of the side quests and, like, challenges that they provide to you are very grindy. Um, it's just, it, it is a game that doesn't feel like it was designed really for um, single players. I've seen a lot of people saying, like, it feels as if they looked at, like, the Avengers, like the Avengers game which you just love um and i just game, ever. I love game of the year game of the um, year in 2008 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, like, that's the thing right it looks like they saw it feels like this game was meant to be a live service game with the way that like you craft like upgrades and like you have new armor and gear like pretty frequently um and like you, you know you're grinding for these challenges and like doing these like what almost feel like mmo type busy work but I think that it feels like they saw what happened with that and said like, oh, well, if this launches poorly, like this just it's not going to be a good idea. So they just cut all that out, but didn't like change the, like the actual design of the game around it, you know. So there we you talk, go. We Gotham talked Knight. last week about the 30 frames per second. Uh, what yeah. is the actual like performance uh, of this game? Does it run well? <laughs> yeah. Broken? Anything weird about it? It's not great. I mean, it doesn't run great. You, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like, I, I can tell the difference between 30 frames and 60 frames. I think people got... I think I said this last week that people are overreacting about this. 60 frames is ideal, right? I would love to play every video game in 60 frames per second. That's just... It feels really good to play, in my opinion. It's just what I really like. Um, You start this game up and you go, oh, this is 30 frames. And then you just play the game. Like, Batman Arkham Asylum, I assume, was 30 frames. It was on the fucking Xbox 360. Like... I, I'm assuming that like you've play if you've if you're playing this game, you're buying this game, you've played a game in 30 frames per second before. Unfortunately, it doesn't look good enough for them to be able to say like, well, we wanted to really make it look good. <laughs> and so that is, you know, hindering the actual performance. But like, yeah, it, it's it's the performance is fine. I haven't had any like huge bugs or anything, just the regular slew of open world stuff, you know, Um is but. the frame rate consistently 30 or does it drop below that? It struggles. Um, oh. I haven't had it like really chugging, but like you can tell when like things 
you have a second where you're like, oh, oh, and then it's like back to normal. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah, all right. All right okay, we're it, all yeah. good. Are we all cool? Is everything fine? <laughs> like, are you sick, PlayStation? Um, I, and it's for what it's worth. I'm playing this on the PS5. Um, not that I've heard that the Xbox versions have had any different performances or anything like that, but I tend to, if I'm going to play a game that I think is going to be a, uh, a little bit more um, technically demanding, I tend to play those on Xbox, but it just worked out that I was doing this on PS5. But Well, and I mean, any consolation, that's the highest meta score on the PS5 uh, for whatever that is. Oh, means. yeah, by, by a single point or from Xbox uh, then beats PC. I mean, in the case of this number, an important point. You know what I mean? A very important 69, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, if you like Batman and you want to just play a Batman game and don't really care about it being the best Batman game, give this a shot. Like I think $70 for me, in my opinion is a little st- for in my life. I would not pay $70 for this, but also I'm not a Batman fan. I would not have bought this regardless, you know? Um, I, but I can imagine like I, the only reality really where I see myself buying this like where I would have bought this if it wasn't for work is if my friends were like, Hey, we want to play this game. Uh, the other unfortunate thing is there's only two player co-op right now. They said in that within the next month, they're going to up give a free update, uh, to incorporate four player co-op. But I have a theory. I have a theory. The reason it's only two player co-op is because they couldn't figure out how to get it to work four player and not just kill that tank. And I think that if you, I, I will be curious to see if that comes and if it does, like how it's going to perform from then on out. But I, I'm I'm still interested to play this game, but I think you're right. I think this is like a wait for a sale kind of game. I enjoyed all the other Arkham games, uh, and I think that while this one's clearly not an Arkham game, it still has that DC Batman universe that I love so much in it. Um, your face though scares me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Like. Uh... I guess like I'm just not a DC person, so I can't really te- like I would not be able to speak to like if this is a good DC story or not. Um, uh, like, let me say this. They talked about when, when they announced like, hey, the reason, you know, this is going to be 30 frames per second, whatever. Uh, they were like they tried to like brace everyone by saying like, well, there, like, there is going to be ray tracing support, uh, which I uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good looking game. Like the environments look pretty good, but like the character models look a little like, like early Xbox one where it's like, it looks okay. Like, it, like they probably could stand next to like the gears of war people and like look good. But like, like, I don't know about all that <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> the graphical fidelity being what yeah, was the cause yeah. of that. But they also said like, in order to be able to deliver, you know, this rich detailed world, and Justin, there's nothing in it. Mm. There's like 80 people <laughs> in all of Gotham City. And there's hey, like cars you only need driving 80 around. People to have a party. There's but cars. Yeah, there's like cars driving around. Can you uh, hijack them? No, but you do have the bat cycle, and you can drive around, and that's kind of fun, I guess. Um, but like, I felt like with something like Spider-Man, the PS4 game, like. Yeah, there were like a lot of crimes happening all at once in the city, but like you could go places and like see people doing stuff and and like the different areas of the city sort of felt different. Like you go to like Central Park and go like, oh, the people are doing like park stuff or you go to the busier spots like Times Square and whatever and see all that sort of stuff. Whereas this, like, first of all, all the places do feel the same. It's broken up into different like districts and like boroughs, but like they're all ostensibly the exact same thing. And the NPCs there, like there's just not that many. And then the more the most like 
you're going to be encountering bad guys the most. And so it just feels like it's just a city where the only thing that happens is crimes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know if that, maybe that's true to Gotham city and like comics and stuff. I not super familiar, but like it just does not feel like a place where real people live or like you've got cars driving around and you don't feel like they're going anywhere because there's just no place to be because it's all just miserable. And it's just like crimes all the time forever. So Gotham Knights. More thoughts on our bonus show uh, for exclusive for deluxe Patreon producers later today. Cool. There you go. Justin, uh, What have you been playing anything this week? Anything new? I have. I have been playing a Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, how is that? The, the uh, reviews from last week that we talked about seemed to be like kind of generally positively mixed how are you feeling yeah. about it um yeah so like the the scores um have kind of uh equaled out to like you know an 84 it's uh 86 on xbox series x 83 on ps5 which i think is a pretty uh, that's a, that's a good score like an 83 yeah yeah i think I, we're looking at it's over 80 it's doing well um and uh i i like the first game a lot um, I thought I thought it was good. Little basic, little uh, with basic in terms of like its combat variety, um, its puzzle solving variety, um, but not so basic in terms of its like story, in terms of its world, in terms of its themes. Um, this one is really. Uh, I, I think last week I was like, are you sure you don't want to play the first one before playing this one? Yeah, I don't know if you have to. Um, with this game, you just got to know that your uh, little brother Hugo uh, got some problems with him <laughs> and you're trying to solve these problems. So here's what I know about a Plague Tale Innocence. Yeah, there you go. Let's, let's hear it. Like, to my understanding, the first 90 percent is about very sad people in France, like trying to escape from rats. And like it's about like an older sister and her younger brother who she doesn't really know. And like they're like getting to know each other over the course of their rat adventure. And then the last 10 percent. He becomes like a rat god and starts like having rat powers. Is that right? Sorry, yeah. I guess spoilers for what I think Plague Tale's about. Yeah, so uh I mean in the beginning of this game it's 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 heavily implied that your brother can control rats. Okay. Um and like literally that's what's happening. And it's kind of like your 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 quest in this game is to heal your brother, which kind of was the quest in the other game to a certain point. Okay. To to free him of this um plague i forget the name of the thing that he has that is basically like um causing him to pretend like eventually die it's like okay. a plague that's taking over him and this thing basically allows him to control these these rats um and the rats are kind of like the harbinger of the end um and when they, they start off kind of like taking him to this town so they can take him to this like church who is like ready to help him get rid of this disease um but of course, you start having you know uh, uh, religious medicine uh, put on him, and oh. the demons inside of him are like, you know, what's the good idea not to do? Make me mad! And then he starts like uh, destroying the town slowly but surely. Um, so the game is basically you trying to find a way to heal your brother um, in a way that is going to actually heal him and not create more danger wherever you go. Because one of the things is like wherever he goes, he destroys it. Um, okay. So so far in the game, I am five chapters in of. 17 i think um yeah i probably played like seven and a half hours eight hours of it um and uh the you're not playing 
as your brother yet like you did in the last part of the game they kind of like are just moving that i'm assuming you'll get like the power upgrade at the end <laughs> got it um, okay but the powers that you do have um you attack with this sling and you also have this friend uh lucas who is like a uh a, a budding alchemist who learns how to use like fire powers and alchemy powers and things like that so you have a couple of uh different elements that you can put on your um sling uh, you have uh, fire, obviously. Then you have like this powder, like a salt sulfur powder that like puts out flames. Uh, and then I believe I also have a tar that you can use to like cover people in tar and then light them on fire uh, with your other stuff. So the game itself is not outwardly about combat. It really is kind of a stealth game. And a lot mm-hmm. of the, the the areas that you win are these puzzles where you have to decide, uh, like, how am I going to get to the end? Am I going to try to kill all these people with my stuff? Am I going to try to distract them with my stuff to sneak around them? Um, am I just going to run through it and hope no one hits me with a spear? Uh, and you're actually rewarded, uh, like, points, these, like, passive upgrade points um, for how your play style is. And a lot of the game is, like, your character, Amicia, who is this, like, pretty like strong and cool girl character um in the beginning like in the first game was like i don't know if i want to kill people but then it's like i gotta kill too it's the same trope of like i'm not gonna kill anyone and then the first time you kill someone it's like all right hands are off i'm throwing rats (laughs) at these people now we now we're going to kill a lot of yeah 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 but this one it's really like playing up on that like you have this like moment when she's going through ptsd and like is like i don't know if i should kill these people i don't think i can handle this right now and she keeps like like saying like your your friend keeps saying you're okay you're shaking are you fine you're fine and she's like i'm not fine i can't do this anymore um and then like she has this like moment of rage where she just basically your friend is like we gotta go and she's like no and she starts like killing everyone oh um and like she's dealing with this stuff the whole time like really like what it is like what this world is doing to her because it's a world filled with death i mean literally Mm. these towns that she's going to are filled with dead bodies filled with corpses filled with people doing horrible things to each other um and like she is there trying to like protect her brother who is also being like possessed by like a demon plague (laughs) so like her brother is also doing these like horrible things and that she's witnessing and she's like trying to protect her brother but like should she be protecting her brother like is that really the right thing to do or is she causing more death than murder to people so all these 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 things are being played out, and I think uh, the story itself is like fine. I think it's like really hitting that initial incident point. I know I'm like mm-hmm. five chapters in, but it's really hitting the initial incident point of them trying to to find an alternate way to solve her brother's illness. Um, and like I think the story stuff is cool. Um, I think the uh, oh I forgot the passive upgrades like whether you attack, whether you sneak, or whether you distract, you get different upgrade points for all those things. So your oh, cool. gameplay style rewards you not with like narrative choices; it rewards you with different upgrades for those skills. So like for if you sneak a lot, you get better at sneaking. Duh. If you fight a lot, you get better at surviving getting hit. Um, if you do a lot of like distraction stuff, you're better at like distracting and creating things like that. So you yeah. get like like perks as you go through that. Um, I don't really think there are like gameplay options or storytelling implications. I don't know if there are yet, uh, but there's like certain characters that you have the choice to like kill or not kill. Mm -hmm. Um, And like one of them, I didn't kill a a guard and I got a a achievement for it Um, because I'm playing this on Game Pass, by the way, because this is on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, So is the original. So you should play it uh, either or. Um, but I think that the game is like really like a stealth game because you're trying to interact with the world um, to get through these areas that are filled with guards, rats, or sometimes both, um, mm-hmm. all while trying to do uh, problem solve like puzzle solving. 
I still think it's a little basic because what I was saying with the other game is that it's there. It's a little like straightforward with like its options and like stuff that you can do. Like, oh, you hit this glowing thing with your stick and you make a distraction. Like, it's really obvious like what you have to do. It's yeah. not like you can like necessarily like do whatever you want in a cool and creative way. It's kind of like you can choose the stealth path or the attack path, and there's ways to make both of those work depending on what you want to do. Um, Does, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. sorry, go on. Uh, I was going to say the combat itself, like I think the options that you have and the controls that you have to switch your options don't really allow for you to like on the fly mix up moves really Mm -hmm. easily. It's like you kind of have to choose your path before you go into an encounter and fight someone a certain way. Um, Like I can't easily go between using my sling to cover someone with something and then in combat switch to the fire thing and then hit them with that and then distract another person. It's not... It's not as smooth as I'd like it to be because I think the combat itself is not its strong point. But like getting around the world is like a puzzle. And how do you uh, you distract these guards um, and how do you get through this area with not killing yourself or other people? It's it's interesting. Do you think it does it feel open ended in the way that you solve its problems and like its stealth problems? No. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to ask is coming hot off the heels of me replaying Last of Us Part Two. Will I feel like this is a big downgrade? Because I felt like that game, like the stealth is just fantastic, right? And like, while you're not puzzle solving, there it is a pretty open-ended playground for you to figure out how you want to deal with threats. You can sneak past them, you can kill them all, and even when you decide to do combat or whatever, like, or distract them, like, you could... Like there's multiple routes to doing things. You know what I'm saying? There are there all are different paths that you can take, but I don't think it's as polished, as open, or as fun as The Last of Us Part Two because I okay. feel like what The Last of Us Part Two does so well is it really like you can go from stealth to attacking to back to stealth to the, yeah, like all yeah. that whatever really well. This one it's much harder to do that. Once you learn an area, it's pretty much like they follow you everywhere, and I think their AI is pretty good, so they're not just going on the same loops, which I think is is annoying in a video game when they just keep going on the same path. It's not annoying, easy predictable so this one it forces you to move but again the combat isn't nice it doesn't feel well like good to play so when you're playing it it's not like i i feel like i have the options like when you watch high level last of us part two gameplay (laughs) like watching what people can do like jumping in and out of cover shooting people taking people on boom 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 boom. you don't have that kind of ability in this game to like have that type of combat uh encounter and stuff and i think overall the same thing goes with my complaint of Plague Tale uh, uh, is Innocence, the first one. Um, the problem is that The Last of Us does it better. Yeah, yeah. But I would say this one is much more of a stealth first game than The Last of Us, with a lot more puzzles than The Last of Us Part 2 and Part okay. 1. So, like, I think the way this game is meant to be played is to be sneaky and try to, like, not initiate combat and use your alchemy and stuff to like help people and there's more outward uh, uh, puzzles to solve and stuff but it's like i mean if you it's like the last of us is like a 95 this is like an 85 like i'm it's still like a good game it's just like when you have something like the last of us to compare it to it may be not it's probably not the best thing to compare it to um for the for its own sake because the last of us part two is such like a a well oiled machine sure 
yeah, so far, like, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm interested. The story is is slow to start, but, it, like, it, I feel it picking up. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff they're doing with the characters is interesting. It feels like you're always doing something different. So it's mm-hmm. not like you're just going through these, like, same similar encounters all the time. Sometimes you have puzzle stuff. Sometimes, like, you have, uh, like, uh, I got to escape from this prison area. Sometimes you have just straight-up combat areas and arenas that you have to get through. Um, so there's always something different. Oh, they also have the stereotypical, like, uh, big thing, a, a big uh, a wave of rats or are follow me from behind so i'm running towards the camera yeah yeah um, yeah and the worst thing about that is like it's a generally a very beautiful game except uh the sometimes the face animations the animations themselves oh yeah you said this so like she's like running at the camera with like just this dead ass face <laughs> like like, <laughs> like she's running for her life and it's just like yeah and then she'd be talking like get out of the way and like it's like dude you you like i wish you just were a little bit more fearful <laughs> at this mm-hmm. moment to match your voice sounds but yeah that's awesome uh well i'll take that as a recommendation yeah uh, and yeah, yeah uh i plan on p- picking this up at some point and just to try it out might not finish it but like i like I-, I like everything i've heard about it uh especially from from what you just said so um i'll let you know and cool. what's great is it's on game pass i won't play the first one i just don't have the time um but so it goes. sometimes sometimes you jump into the sequel uh justin i got a chance to play um a preview of dark pictures anthology the devil in me this is the final uh version of this the, like the final what like chapter of this series you know what i'm just saying like the final like the anthology this, yeah, yeah yeah um uh my written preview for up for it will is going up on monday so by the time you listen to it you'll have two days to read and just keep rereading uh my preview which is on uh gameskinny.com and it is the final uh like i said it's the final edition rendition what how the hell would you say this the final like entry Entry. yeah Yeah, there you go in the dark pictures anthology and it's more of that uh, they're, they've added a handful of things that I'm, I'll be curious to see how they play out in the full game. Um, but I sort of feel like it might be a little too late. For example, um, each of the characters has a different, like has different items on them, which makes sense because like, you know, you might have your phone on you, which can serve as a flashlight. I might have my wallet on me, which can serve as whatever, right? Uh, like a multi-tool or something, but like basically in application, there were two scenes where like two things that you used. one character has a business card that he can use to unlock drawers and one character has a camera like tripod which he can use to knock down like things that are out of reach um and i like that in concept but like in practice it was basically just like to solve linear puzzles whereas i feel like the possibilities that that could promise is something like um you know, you unlock a file cabinet as one of the characters in one scene. And then later on, if you did or didn't do that, like that will be, you know, someone will have access to the contents of the file cabinet. You know what I mean? Um, but the way it was presented in the game, and I played about an hour and a half of it, um, did not seem to be doing that. It seemed to just be like another form of linear puzzle solving. But um I don't know. I, I haven't really liked the Dark Pictures games that much. Uh, I, I don't know why. Like, I, I guess I do know why they don't really hold a candle to Until Dawn or The Quarry. I think the fun part about The Quarry and, and, and Until Dawn is that it's about teenagers. And, like, because they're children, you can, like, really 
excuse a lot of like cringeworthy dialogue, right? Or like bad decision making. Like cuz cuz you just go like well they're kids, so like whatever. Um whereas when it's adults, I which is have been the main cast of dark pictures, like the cringy dialogue doesn't feel like an homage to like bad movies. It just feels like bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um what is like the gist of this one if it's if it's not like a kid kid S- camp kind of thing? So- What's the point? Like you are a team of four or five. Um, you do like a local like ghost show. You know, what I mean? like like exploring ghost stories and whatever. Uh, and you get invited to this mansion, which is a um, like a recreation of some sort. Or it's like a hotel of a, a re- recreation of like this horrible serial killer like it's like a history it's like a museum for the serial killer who killed a bunch of people and then um turns out the curator of the museum seems to be the, like crazy and evil i don't know if that's true we like i i wasn't able to get the whole story uh in this preview but this it's sort of what i pieced together from the from like uh trailers and stuff like that basically it's like uh, it's more leaning into like Saw, like the Saw movies uh, where you like put people in traps and stuff and they're trying to get out of like little rooms and things like that. But I don't know. It's one of those things where like I found this whole series to be pretty disappointing and underwhelming. Uh, the quarry was, I thought, a breath of fresh air. And I was like, that gave me hope that the next Dark Picture stuff would be good. But this preview like didn't really instill a lot of confidence in me. If anything, it just made me like. I'm going to play it because I'm reviewing it, but, and I find them to be generally enjoyable as like just a fun concept of like, if I do this, then this happens. Like I always find that to be fun and an interesting conversation topic, but like I've not walked away thinking about those games really at all other than uh, in, in the same way that I did with until dawn. But was this preview just the full game or part of it? Just an hour and a half. So it was like a middle mid mid section sort of, it basically was when like the shit started hitting the fan. Do you, you know what I mean? So, like, just going back to what we were talking about before with, like, these, like, kind of, like, uh, adventure games, is mm. there is this more fun, like, between, like, story beats and decision-making than other ones, or is it still just that same kind of, like, oh, you're just going to this next room and finding the clue that you need? Yeah, they put some puzzles in there where you, like, push a box and then step on the box and then you, like, climb up over a thing. It's, like, groundbreaking for this series and this developer, but it's, like, the most basic-ass, like, environmental puzzle stuff. Um, but I guess that's more interesting than just walking around. I think it feels better to control than mm. uh, the other games, but um, that I that might just be like recency bias or whatever, <laughs> or, or low bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, you yeah. have them go places that you want them to go. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, I'll have more to say about that once the full game comes out, and uh, we'll talk about that then. We've been talking for video games about so long, Justin. We're going to get to the news eventually. Before we do, I also have been playing Modern Warfare 2, the new one. What? Yep. Um, basically, some people have access to it already. Uh, if, like, if you, I think if you like pre-ordered it, you got like access to the early campaign. Uh, I'm doing it for work, so I also just have access to it early. But there's not like embargo information, so I can just talk freely about it. Um, you know Call of Duty? Well, they're still doing it, believe it or not, and it's <laughs> still that. Uh, the last Call of Duty I played was Cod Blops Cow, which was the Cold War one. Excuse um, me? You said Cod Blops Cow? Cod Blops Cow, Justin. 
Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. You know? I, I yeah, I mean that that sounds like something you want to get removed. <laughs> your your cod drops are yeah. Uh, and that was like fine. I didn't like it very much. I, th- I th- thought the story was just like gross, and I think the story is even grosser. Um, here's a scene where there's a there's a section where you are playing as Mexican special forces, and you're chasing a guy who is fleeing from Mexico into the United States over the border wall. So you climb up over the border wall and you your character goes like, hey, are we, like probably shouldn't do this. We don't have any jurisdiction in the United States. And um, the guy who's in your little the other guy who like you're running around with is basically like, yeah, but like we don't want to let this terrorist get away. So these two guys go over the wall, go into the United States and start just pointing their guns at civilians because this guy's like running through these houses basically being like, where the fuck did you go? And so what ends up happening is uh, you have the prompt to like hold LT, like left trigger to de-escalate civilians or something like that. You know what the left trigger does in Call of Duty? Uh, Isn't that aim? You aim your gun. So you just like yeah. straight up point your weapon at civilians and they're like, okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. Like, sorry. And they go back in their houses. And then you end up busting through someone's house, into someone's house, because you think that the bad guy went in there. And then... The people in there are like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? You have like automatic weapons. Like, holy shit. Like, uh, like they're freaking out. And so there's three guys, there's two guys and a woman in there. And the, the guy that you're not controlling grabs the woman. And he like throws her into another room and he comes out and he's like, where the fuck did you go? And then the two guys are agitated because they think you're an intruder in their house. So they pull out guns and point them at you. And then you kill them both. And then you move on. And like the reaction to that is just like the other guys like, oh, shit, like we got to get medical out here. Like we got some civilians injured, injured. No, they're they're like mega dead in a pool of their own blood in their house that you entered illegally because you don't have any jurisdiction. It's just it like. And that's not even like a plot point, you know what I mean? No one's like, holy shit, that was so fucked up what we just did. It was just like a thing that happens and then you move on. And I don't know. It just feels gross to me. Um yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, what What is the story generally about? Like, does it follow sp- so, specific characters? Yeah, or? you're chasing a terrorist who has American missiles. Basically, is like the the inciting incident. You find these Ameri- You find you are like trying to get to this terrorist bunker in the Middle East or something like that, and then you break in and he's not there, but they left. Um, some missiles there that have the United States flag on them. So it's clear that they like someone dealt them a missile, which is a big deal. Right. And so you're just like, it's a globe trotting adventure where you're chasing this terrorist. Um, and soap is back and commander price is back and ghost is there and ghost is so like, it's insane to me that ghost is the main character and protagonist of a game and like a good guy. Like, the whole time he's just like he's irritable he's not a team player he's a rogue agent and he wears a fucking human skull on his face like it's just so wild that he's the good guy and he's like the guy that you're rooting for i don't know like i know i'm like i I, this is it's not a new take of like oh call of duty is actually kind of politically gross and bad actually like i know that's like super not a new hot take but every time i play a new one of these i'm just like wow wow, someone sat down and wrote this and thought like, and, and, and isn't willing to address the fact that like, oh, this is weird and, and odd and a little suspect, you know? Um, 
Is there like, did you play multiplayer on this at all, or is it just strictly story at this point? Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's the servers are up or not. I've just been doing the story because that's just what I need to do for work. Okay. Um, and like in terms of like the actual like gameplay stuff, how is the gameplay aspect of it? So I think it. Uh, so I've not played Warzone, but I think it uh, uses all of the mechanics from Warzone. For example, like in one of the missions, you end up opening a backpack and you've got a bunch of different things that you can choose mm. from, like like grenades and and other like consumable items to choose from. Um, you have your regular sprint, which is like medium speed, and then you have like an all out sprint where you're just like hauling it. Um, you can mount your weapon on walls and stuff to get better accuracy and also like peek out of corners and things like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's a new, new. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's tough for me to say, but I mean, other it, it's the same first person shooting, but it's a little bit more tactical, I think, which is the stuff that's in Warzone. I know, but, um, yeah, but it's, it's pretty cut, cut and dry, you know? And graphically, does it look good? Yeah. I mean, it looks great. It's, it's, it's one of those things where like, I feel like these games not to be like, dismissive but i feel like these games all look the same like yeah. it looks like, like they have like really nice looking you know graphics and environments and stuff like that um but like there's nothing visually that really separates them because it's all just like the gunmetal and like it's like brown and like like shanty houses and stuff that you're just like kicking the doors in and being like just screaming at people like where the fuck are they <laughs> <laughs> That's how Batman does it during the day, right? Yeah, but it's basically Warzone. just Batman shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've seen some people saying like, "I'm really enjoying the campaign so far," and I'm sure it's good if you like Call of Duty campaigns. But it, it just for me like feels weird and and like not so good in my opinion. But mm. that's just uh, that's just where I'm at. Like in terms of like thinking about the American military and stuff like that. And even there's a there's a part a point where they do talk to a terrorist and they say like. Like you're a terrorist. Like you, you're the head of a of a the world's biggest terrorist organization. And then the guy says, like, I could say the same thing about you, like about American the American military, which I think is a very interesting point that would be interesting to grapple with and talk about. And then they just go like, "Fuck you!" And then they move on. <laughs> like, like it's it's I think frustrating because like it's clear that they're willing to bring that up and like talk about that, but. It's not they're not willing to like actually have a conversation about it other than just like making the bad guy say it and being like, yeah, because because it's never brought up in a way that's like, isn't that a good point? It's it's just like two sides of a different coin, you know, or of the yeah. same coin or whatever. So it's like they grapple with the ideas, but they just don't execute it in a way that like actually makes the idea anything other than just a line of dialogue. It's like they just mention it and then they move on being like, well, we talked about it. It's like, no, we didn't talk about it. You just mentioned Check. it. Good enough. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so there you go. Modern Warfare 2. If you like Modern Warfare, the first one, like the wait, like the original ones from back in the day or the, the one from 2019, you'll probably like this. I'm not trying to poo poo on all your fun. Um, that's just how I feel. You want to talk about the news? Let's do it. It's a long one today, but we're going to get into the news here. All right. Last week, we talked about Bayonetta and the voice actor voice acting stuff. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, like 12 hours later, <sighs> all this stuff broke. And our, our information was immediately outdated. And probably, I, like I said, I think I don't know if it aged super well. Um, so... The cliff notes of last week is that 
OG Bayonetta, a voice actress, Helena Taylor, who voiced Bayonetta in the first and second game, uh, did not reprise her role for the third game, uh, replaced by Jennifer Hale, who voices like Rivet from Ratchet and Clank and fucking everyone else. Uh, <laughs> Femme Shep in Mass Effect. She, she's a very prolific voice actress. Um, and it, no one really knew why. And then Jennifer Hale recently said, like last weekend or two weekends ago, basically said, hey, the reason I'm not in it is because I was offered just $4,000 to reprise my role in this multi-million dollar franchise. Uh, and she feels that it's in, it's it was an insulting amount of money um, for her work and all that sort of stuff. And then people then turned to Jennifer Hale or, or t- yeah, Jennifer Hale and said, like, hey, what's up with this? Like, you're kind of like leaving your friend out here to dr- or, or another voice actor out to dry. And she basically said, like, ah, I can't really talk about it. But like, you should all know that I'm that's not what I'm about. And then um, Kamiya is the name of uh I'm trying to forget Hideki Kamiya, I think is the name of like the Bayonetta executive producer. He's very well known for, uh, he works on Plat- platinum games. He's very well known for like being like abrasive on Twitter and whatever. Basically had a response saying that like Helena Taylor's response, uh, uh, statement was like untrue and like disgraceful and all this sort of stuff. That's where it lay last week. Now Bloomberg, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported saying that, um, that people at Platinum Games have have disputed what Helena Taylor said. Uh, and so it, there are multiple uh, sources who talked to Jason Schreier and multiple different publications were able to corroborate some of that information. Uh, and so VGC, in an article titled... Sources dispute Bayonetta voice actors claims overpay offer by Andy Robinson. They wrote this according to people with knowledge of the situation as a well, as well as documentation reviewed by both Bloomberg and VGC platinum entire to Haler, to platinum intended to hire Taylor last summer. It's claimed that platinum sought to hire Taylor for at least five sessions. VGC sources suggest it could have been as four as few as few as four with each paying $3,000 to $4,000 for four hours in the studio. This would have brought Taylor's total fee to $15,000, Bloomberg reports, as VGC can corroborate via our own sources. One person with the knowledge of the deal claimed claimed to VGC this represented a significant increase on Taylor's fee for the second game. According to Bloomberg, the voice actor responded by asking for a six-figure sum as well as residuals on the game, a a claim Taylor strongly denies. VGC's sources echoed the residuals claim but did not mention a requested sum. So Taylor has since reached out and said that um, that her being uh, the statement that her being offered more than four thousand dollars is completely untrue and uh, an absolute lie and quote a complete joke. So that's what we know about this so far. If last week is suggests anything, we're going to find this whole case is going to be broken open in three hours after we record this. <laughs> Justin, what's your take on this? What's your take on this idea that maybe Helena Taylor lied and all this sort of stuff? I, I mean, uh, po- the positive way to look at this, it's um, uh, an argument in perception of what was actually offered and how it was actually offered to them. Um, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I know for a fact that Helena Taylor is lying. I would hope that she's not lying and that this was her perception of whatever the offer was. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe that this seems to be what was offered to Helena Taylor from, uh, the Bloomberg report, the VGC reports, like all that, that's what platinum offered. Um, yeah. 
at least. And I want to kind of take a step back from last weekend where I was really going off about talking about how there's a there's a big issue in video games if uh, even if it's the industry standard to get $4,000, that's what voice actors are making for for their work on a game yeah. like Bayonetta. Um, and again, the fact that, what would be 15000 they said, for this? Like, that's minimum, not like... yeah. Yeah, minimum. Like, that seems better, you know, <laughs> like uh, like for what, what they were asking, but, like, it's really hard to tell this price stuff. So I'm really hoping that this is just a perception issue uh, on Helena Taylor's part, that she took part of what their offer was to be something that it wasn't. Um, no contract was formed, filed or whatever. Um, and then that's how this whole thing happened. Um, I do feel like if that's the case, attacking um, Platinum does seem like a very like odd choice. You know, like for her yeah. to be like that, uh, like boycott the game and everything. Um so I don't know. This is just like a, a story that keeps getting more complicated, and I don't know if we'll ever find out what the truth is. Um, but I still think the way to find out the truth is just be transparent about how much you're paying your voice actors. And voice actors should not be NDA not to say how much they got paid for something. Uh, I will say this. Someone brought up, I think Luke Plunkett from Kotaku brought up, like it would be. it is very unlikely that Jennifer Hale is not, is under NDA about her salary. Like that would be, extraordinarily odd. odd and like a major warning sign right i i think sometimes i mean hey I, no no shame if you don't want to talk about your salary that's not a problem um but i think people took that also at face value i think there was a lot of taking everything at face value and i think that you know that's fine to, to just trust people i guess um <laughs> i guess it's fine I, I do think it is important to then ask why and, and then to go talk to multiple people to hear about it right um and and this whole situation to me just feels ve- like very like, oh, this sucked on every front. <laughs> like, it feels like everyone said a little bit of truth and a little bit of lies. And like, I don't know who said what or what ended up happening. But I know that like. You all go ahead and deal with that. <laughs> like, you go ahead and deal with that. Uh, Helena Taylor said um she told Video Games Chronicle, I'd quite like to put this in the rearview mirror and leave the whole bloody franchise behind. So I think I'll just uh, I, th- I think I'll just let my video stand. I spoke the truth. It seems like she said all this basically middle fingers like I'm done with video games or done with platinum games. Goodbye. I'm going to go do my stage acting. And like, that's fine. Go ahead. Do that. Like, please. Uh, what You know, whatever makes you happy. But it just seems like a very odd like as soon as anyone started asking more questions about this and like went to talk to platinum and whatever and was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And she's like, it's a fucking lot. Get out of here. It's like, okay. Okay. Like, sure. That's fine. Um, so, so there you go. I don't I mean, know. Ulti- ultimately it's a breakup, right? Like whatever, yes, whatever you say, it's 100%. a breakup. So, I mean, both sides are in the right in their mind. They're perceiving it as this is like, you know, this is what I perceive and this is what my truth is. And then Platinum's like, well, this is why we didn't hire you back. This is why we did it. They're explaining it. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it's easier to sit back after the fact and like reflect on it and like think about what happened rather than like in the moment. Um, and, uh, if platinum really did offer something like that, show me the emails friend, you know, like, like g- give us some proof. Let's get this like information out there. I always like, uh, you know, backing up with emails, letters, things like that. Um, yeah. their phone calls. And that's why, uh, you know, just remember, remember what you type is always out there. <laughs> Or what you record on a podcast regarding <gasps> wearing jeans to sleep. Justin, let's talk oh. about Silent Hill in general. What do you think? 
Let's do it. <laughs> uh, hmm. So there was this Silent Hill, what did they call it? Intermission? Uh, Transmission. Transmission is what it was. Yes, excuse yeah. me. Silent Hill Transmission. It was like a 40-minute showcase for a bunch of new Silent Hill content coming out of Konami. Um, let's talk about these things individually, I think, instead of all at once. Yeah. Uh, the, the, big, the really big one is that there is a Silent Hill 2 remake in development uh, using Unreal Engine 5 exclusively for the, P- the PlayStation 5 and PCs by... Bloober team known for making the Layers of Fear franchise, the Blair Witch game, and the Medium a game. Um, Best game ever. That is, it's it's a game. Ten ever. out of ten. You know, it recommend. is. It's it's certain like it is one of the games ever. You know, um, it is a game. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, yes, it is a game. Um, they've got this like three minute trailer uh, of James. I think Sunderland is his name. Walking about, <laughs> having a quick walk about in Silent Hill. Uh, seeing all the monstrosities and whatever. Uh, it's just a teaser trailer. We don't have any sort of information as to when we can expect this. I imagine in 2023 at the very earliest. Um, what's your takeaway on this Silent Hill remake, friend? Uh, I'm interested in it. I think uh, I would want to go back and play Silent Hill maybe. Um, I think it looks cool. It looks cool graphically. Um, I know you you have a, a lot more um, disdain for Blooper Team's work because I remember like last week you're literally like I hope it's anything other than Blooper Team yeah. <laughs> saying that they were the ones doing it. Yeah. Um, so like I, you know I think they get they get horror they get the psychological atmospheric horror stuff um, and uh, I think you never played Blair Witch right? Nope. It's on Game Pass though. Yeah, it's hard to recommend, but the last chunk of that game is really filled with psychological cool first person environmental storytelling stuff that i think is really unique um it's like a it's like a good way to take uh layers of fear and mix it with um like first person kind of like narrative uh because layers of fear is much more like uh uh, a haunted house of that that game the you know like people say like walking simulator and have that be like kind of a derogatory term I don't think it is. Like, I think it's just a genre at this point. Like the idea of like a walking simulator obviously is a joke, but like that game, there's no mechanics. You're totally, it's a haunted house. You just walk and you go like, huh. Cause like you, you go to a real haunted, like you go to like one of these haunted houses all over the Chicagoland area. And it's like, you know, Hey, you're walking around, you're doing your thing, but like, you're not going to get hurt. You're not in danger. You're just kind of exploring it and just like loosely taking the stuff and and waiting to be like spook scared. It's just, you walk Um, into a room and someone goes, bah, and you go, ah, and then like, yeah, move on. Yeah, but going into the Blair Witch thing, they did a really good job of of meshing those jump scares with the narrative and the structure of the story yeah. and like what the character was going through. And I think Silent Hill is so much about like the emotional turmoil of the main character and like kind of like dealing with trauma and like his psychoses and like all that kind of stuff. So I think they, I, I still think that they're, I would trust them to do some of this stuff. I think they're right now the ones who seem to be to be doing the most in this genre. Um, and I and I know like the medium's not perfect by any means, but if you're building off of another game as highly regarded as Silent Hill, um, like I, I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be good. I'm excited for it. Um, I would have. I mean, like I, I obviously respect your opinion. I would have to probably 100 percent disagree with like almost everything you said about like I just I don't think they get horror. I don't. I, I think that they do not do a good job of meshing um, what makes something like psychological horror interesting about how having the internal feelings of a person uh, and and 
making that into a physical manifestation somewhere. Uh, I think that the medium, if you called that Silent Hill, whatever, I would like it feels like a Silent Hill game in that they tried to make one uh, because it's all about like her trauma. It's been a long time. It's all about like her trauma and all this sort of stuff. Right. Like, I I don't disagree that they tried to do that. I just don't think they were successful really on any front. Um, I I think that like Silent Hill 2 is so like it is so deep in there and every single thing that happens, there is a layer of um, like importance to and and nothing is by coincidence or happenstance or anything like that for example um the silent hill 2 was the start of like the sexy horrifying like monster nurse enemy in in silent hill in the silent hill series uh, that's just shown up in every game since and like the reason they're in that game is because james wife james wife passed away three years before the start of the game and had been very sick for several years before that and so, like, the man had some weird, like, had some sexual issues. You know what I mean? Like, there, there were there were so many issues in his life, and he had this so many of these frustrations that you have this, like, nurse with, like, this sexy body, but it's got this horrifying, horrific face, and, like, it moves so unnaturally. And it's one of those things where, like, he... It, it means something, right? Like, at least my interpretation, it's like he has these desires, but at the end of the day they're they feel monstrous to him they feel fucked up to him because he's like i have these desires that i I, these things that i want but my wife is sick right and then i feel bad about wanting these things that my wife can't give me and and whatnot you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it it, it feels like every single level of that game there is meaning is is put into it whereas i i just don't think that the me the that bloober team is able to do that really on any front they tried to do similar things with things like the medium by giving uh the main character marianne um a check out that poll the main the main character from the medium's name i got in this fucking noggin of mine um (laughs) uh she she like has like a relationship to like the main villain the maw the big like monster but like it's not like it feels like she doesn't have a a true firsthand connection to it. Whereas like all the stuff in silent Hill is very like personal and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and I worry too about like even the idea of remaking silent Hill two, even apart from bluebird team. Have you played it? I have not. It's really weird because it's bad. It's hard to know if it's bad on purpose or if it's bad in it to be off-putting but like the combat's really janky and like feels bad and there's a reason for that james is not an action hero he's just a guy you know so he's he doesn't know how to fight monsters um but it's one of those things where it's like was that intentional or was that something that just happened and you guys had to (laughs) go with it right like uh it just i don't know like there's so many limitations to it because of what it, when it came out, like the voice acting is terrible in a way that feels really weird because these people who normally like, like who you've got all these characters who don't act like real people. They act like these weird, like stand-ins for people. And it's, it's a question of like, was that intentional or was that just because voice acting wasn't very good? And the localization on this isn't very good. Either way, it feels odd. It feels like unknown and feels un 
uncomfortable in a way that I think is really, really cool and really, really good in a way. And I don't know if remaking this game is going to do that justice because if you put, you know, the 2022, 2023 standards on the game, I don't know if it's going to hold up to scrutiny because something's going to be lost from all of that. Similarly, they said that I think they're going to be doing like a third, just like a third person over the shoulder perspective. And that's fine. Like that's what video games are now, but the, fixed camera angles of the original like did a good job while they were like clunky and weird to walk through they did a good job of like making you feel like you were being watched there was a detachment you felt from that character because it's like you it felt like you're piloting them you're not inhabiting them does it make sense yeah yeah i mean i i I think the the two two parts of that i think first going to like does this need to be remade um, need is a strong word, but right. I think there's an opportunity to remake this, to modernize it, to change it a little bit. And I'm going to go back to Resident Evil, um, uh, two and three remakes yeah. that I would, I would strongly argue that those are better than the original, um, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of playability, in terms of getting people in 2022 to play this game. It's very fair. Um, very fair. And Silent Hill came out in 2000, I think two. So that's like that's a long time ago. That's yeah. 20 years ago. Um, and we always say old games are old. Um, that doesn't yeah. mean old games are bad. That means old games are old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're old. Um, and don't get and, me wrong. That is a game that feels old. Yeah. It yeah. is not. A, it is not a modern feeling game in, in the slightest. And I think to do the remake of it, giving a few more modern sensibilities to it mm-hmm. uh, will make it open up Silent Hill to uh, a new generation of gamers um i think there is definitely that argument for is it going to be something that like is it taking away part of the old game by changing it i'm sure it takes away part of that original game and it changes it um and you know i think there'll be definitely uh you can have a two column uh thing about like the pros and cons of of, of each which is better here which is better here which mm-hmm. does this better which does that better um so i think again i see this and i see what you're saying but I think if we have seen how game sales have been with these kind of remakes, I think this is the, this makes sense to bring this game back to modern audiences. And adding that to the Bloober team, yes, Bloober team, I, I think maybe not has has handled all of their uh, storytelling as 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 good as you would hope. Yeah. Um, the fact that they still have this framework to go off of. Um, Yes, agree that that they are not creating all this stuff on their own. They get to put in what they're good at, which I still think they they get atmosphere. One hundred percent. Medium looked good. It had a, a cool area. The area design was great and, and all that stuff. Yeah, so they, they'll be able to bring that to um, this game, and I think to me, uh, I, I think it it still gets me excited and interested to at least try it out again. Um, and I think I for a long time. I've been thinking about going back to play Silent Hill 1 and 2, but I'm going to be honest, the fact that it's an old game like that is really the thing that is stopping me from wanting to go back um, and play it. So um, I, I this is an opportunity. Maybe it's not going to be the best thing ever, but I still think at worst it'll be okay. Just like every game by Bloober Team. <laughs> and, and I don't disagree with you uh, really at all with that. Uh, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that there is no way to play the original game right now. Mm. Uh, the If you want to play the original game as it was first released, you need to have a PS2, which is pretty easy to find, and then a copy of the Silent Hill 2 disc, which is 
really hard to find. <laughs> They'll mm-hmm. ring you for a hundred bucks or so, uh, which is just unfortunate. Uh, people have talked about emulation. I'm not sure how well Silent Hill 2 emulating is, or if that's something even, people even want to touch because of the sketchiness of legal whatever with emulation. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think this would be a lot better if you could just play Silent Hill 2. But you have to play the remastered version, which is not great for a whole lot of reasons, but I digress. There are three other games, Silent Hill games announced here. Silent Hill Townfall, Silent Hill F, and Silent Hill Ascension. Uh, Townfall and F are being worked on by um, two different studios. Um, it, we just got little teasers for them. One of them is it, published by Annapurna Interactive, um, being developed by No Code. They made Observation and... Um, Something else. Uh, well-received games. Uh, and Annapurna, I think, has a pretty good track record of, of solid titles that they publish. Um, and then Silent Hill Ascension is being made. It's like a live experience. It wasn't super clear exactly how it works or what it's going to be. People said it's going to be kind of like a... Um, it, it, it's being... There, there are a lot of people working on this. You have... Um, uh, 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 Bad Robot Studios, which is J.J. Abrams' like production company, uh, Behavior Interactive, who makes Dead by Daylight. Um, it's called an interactive narrative where choices viewers, uh, where viewers' choices and players make. Excuse me, where choices viewers and players make determine how the story unfolds, including who lives and who suffers in a gruesome Silent Hill fashion. So did you did you watch the the Black Mirror Bandersnatch or I guess play along with that? That's kind of like the choose your own. Um, would you think that would be something that this could be like leaning towards? I think so. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, I, can I, you, I, yeah. As someone who's done that, can you explain like what exactly that was like the format it's, of that? It was a choose your own adventure game in the same in the style of Until Dawn or the Quarry, except that you didn't have any sections where you walked around and picked stuff up and looked at things. It was just like pretty much just a movie that, yeah, it was just a movie where you chose what to do and you explored different paths. And it was kind of interesting. Um, I think you could, you could play it on like consoles with a controller, or if you watched it on a TV, you could also like vote with your phones and stuff like that um, to, to make choices, which I think this is sort of what that sounds like. I don't know. I think that sounds like it fun and interesting. I'll play. I'm going to play all these. I imagine like I'm, I'm interested in all of them. Um, the last thing here as well is a movie called Return to Silent Hill, which is being directed by Christopher Gans, or excuse me, Christi, Christophe, Christophe, Christophe Gans. Um, uh, it's it's the being made by the people who made the original Silent Hill movies, which I don't think were well received by really anyone. But um, <laughs> there you go. Overall, are you excited for Silent Hill? The movie or, or the future All of, of it. this series? The future uh, of where it's going. Excited is the wrong word. I'm like curious, I guess, to see like this will either be the death of this franchise or exactly what it needs to come back to life. You know, uh, following just everything that happened with PT and all of that and Kojima like ducking out of all this sort of stuff. Um, I, I think. Um, I think people had have been left with a sort of bad taste in their mouth with all of this stuff. So if, if any of this is able to land and really, really take off, um, I would say that that is, um, if any of this is able to take off, 
I would say it could potentially be what this series needs in the way that like Resident Evil Seven took off and be and was what Capcom needed for Resident Evil Two to really feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The revival because I think Resident Evil is back on that positive trajectory now where you ask a couple years ago it was like resident evil we're doing another one of those so maybe this is that speaking of which we saw um we saw a little bit of resident evil 4 remake uh in like some resident evil showcase we also saw that we've got the ethan winters expansion um yeah it looks cool I'm, i'm excited to play uh what is it Resident Evil 4 remake when that comes out, because it seems to be a pretty faithful, solid reinterpretation of that, which is something I was a little bit worried about, as we talked about in previous episodes. Um, And then the Resident Evil Village stuff. I don't know if I'll go and play those necessarily, but I will certainly be interested to hear about them. Yeah, I think I think what they did with the um, uh, Resident Evil uh, Village uh, DLC thing, the Winters thing is interesting playing as uh, the daughter, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, if you watch this presentation, you're about to be spoiled the fuck out of what happens at the end of village. So warning, I guess. Um, but, um, so I think that, that looks cool and interesting, but you're right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'll go back and necessarily play it though. The third person was interesting. I was like, would I want to like to play this game? I think it might lose some of the, the, the spookiness of village at times, but agreed pretty quickly in village that becomes less about being spooky and more about just being like a, a creepy, uh, shooter game. So, um, I think that could be enough to get me to go back uh, to it potentially because um, I did really, really, really like Village. Surprisingly, how much surprised me how much I like that game. Um, but I think for Resident Evil four, uh, this is why I think remakes are important because I have tried, Peter. I have tried my darndest to play that game again. I have, I have, I own it for everything you could own it for at this point, except yeah. for a PS two because I don't own a PS two, and. Um, it came off of PS2, right? Or is that PS3? PS2, yeah, right? PS2. Yeah. Um, it, 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 Justin, it's on PS3. Ooh. Don't get it twisted. Okay. It is also on PS2, though. <laughs> yeah, it's also on PS4. It's also on Switch. It's also on PS... It's what, what can't you play it yeah. on right now? Yep. Um, actually, the first time I had it was for GameCube, so I still have those double-disc GameCube Ooh, versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Um, but so, like, me, I wanted to play this game. I just cannot get past the controls about them being the worst uh, controls yeah. I have ever played in my not, not the worst, but like they're bad and like they do they do not translate well to to 2022 gamers. So, I think that with the cool graphics on top of it, um, they they that first village scene looks as creepy as ever. Um, and uh, I think they they have a cool new thing. It doesn't make sense like logically that your your little knife can like block a, a chainsaw yeah, the like chainsaw? a little counter yeah. um, so that makes that maybe a little less uh scary maybe but um i think it, but as you're saying it looks like it's pretty faithful and i think if you watch the end of the stream uh they show uh like a highlight reel of all the other parts of that are coming up and they pretty much have i see almost shot for shot all the other parts um, that are coming out like that you have in there from your creepy uh, Colonel wearing hat guy with the giant robot thing to like every little thing that you'd want in, in your Resident Evil four game. So um, I, I think they are going to do it and I think they're just going to make it look good. And I think that uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. Um, yeah. This this instilled a lot of confidence in me where perhaps before there wasn't a whole lot. Yep. Um, Let's talk about Game Pass for a moment. Can we can we talk about Game Pass for a moment, Justin? Oh, let's talk about Game Pass. 
All right. So we've like been we've not been covering the beat like the blow for blow fight that's been going on between Microsoft and Sony and like the different like regulatory boards of the world trying to figure out if uh, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard is going to be good or bad for the the industry or not. Um, I think we've pretty much pretty definitively said how we felt about it, that, yeah, it seems like it's a pretty good idea. Like, it seems like it's probably fine. Um, Xbox can't become it wouldn't be a monopoly simply by buying these two studios um, that just like completely ignores the fact that there are thousands of other studios out there and and, and there are a lot of other giant AAA studios and whatnot. Uh, and Sony has been pretty um, uh, hypocritical with a lot of this stuff. But uh Based on some of the wording in some of the documents and things like that that have been going around with um, this whole thing, it sort of has come to light that Call of Duty can't be on Game Pass for several years following prior agreements that Activision and Sony have had that um, would that that basically would um, bar. Call of Duty games from going on Game Pass um, that that Microsoft has made it clear that they are interested in uh, uh, honoring those deals. Basically, uh, a footnote in the um, in the documentation says the agreement between Activision Blizzard and Sony includes restrictions on the ability of Activision Blizzard to place Call of Duty titles on Game Pass for a number of years. So basically, it seems like even if uh, Microsoft would buy Activision Blizzard. Those games might not be coming to Game Pass day one, like so many other games that uh, by so many, I mean, all other Microsoft uh, Microsoft owned studio games do. How do you feel about that, man? Um, I think that Microsoft is secretly being like, oh, darn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like. Um, ultimately people are just keep buying it business as usual. And I think the one thing that, um, I, I think is important to remember is that, uh, Microsoft is going to want to make money and they want to make as much money as possible. They're not going to like not sell call of duty to, uh, Sony and other PC and other places just so it can be on Xboxes. They're going to do what's yeah. going to be the best thing for it. I've said that, I've said that till I'm blue in the face. I am still going to say that. And if I'm wrong, uh, I don't understand business and I don't guess I don't understand it, but like business sense, it doesn't make sense. They didn't do it with Minecraft. Minecraft's one of the best games. Call of Duty, probably up there with uh, with Minecraft as being like a big money-making thing that comes out every yeah. year. Um, so I think that this might be like Microsoft just being like, yeah, yeah, we want to keep selling these games full price. Like, right? <laughs> We're not going to put it on our, our game pad. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a huge deal if if they can't do this it would be it would be one of those things where like oh it means i'm not gonna play them all you know yeah but like i don't think that's gonna be a a barrier for people who are playing these games frequently and, and buying them every single year uh yeah i don't know like exactly right like oh shucks you got no, us oh man i guess we can't we can't put them on there for free no like, yeah right i mean like Oh, you're really twisting our arms and making people have to pay for these. Like, 
and make us more money. And maybe eventually they can put the backlog of of them on there. Um, and like that will be something that's a that's a, a value yeah. add to it. Like the new one comes out, you put the old one on there. Um, so maybe that might slow things down. But like this is just an easy way for them to not have to like market that. Well, you said every first party thing goes on Game Pass, and they're probably like. Mm, yep every first party thing that doesn't have a contract against it so sorry guys like right I, I think this is just like a happy accident for microsoft uh in general for that and this is probably way before this merger acquisition happened um that sony made that deal with them because i'm sure yeah. uh, microsoft was trying to get call of duty for free on their thing trying to make deals for that and sony just wanted to stop that because they had the partnership at the time and and I think this is one of those things we talked about what um, a few months ago when when reports were saying like yeah Sony was paying studios to make their games not show up on Game Pass. I imagine some money went into this, right? And there's there have been multiple deals that Sony has had with Activision for Call of Duty stuff, right? But like, yeah, I think this might change. Have to change how game pass is marketed a little bit because like so many of their trailers are like all the games from Microsoft day one on this platform. Now it's going to be like 90% of all games, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Who cares? I don't know. Like sure. Fine. Whatever. Uh, whatever you need to sing yourself to sleep at night, Sony to make, to feel better about all this happening. I, ah, man, I'm like just so, I'm so tired of hearing about this. I don't, you, you know what I mean? I, I don't think that Sony really has anything to present, any evidence to present to say this is going to be bad for the industry. But I, and I, 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 I'm, yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's just Sony like doing this. I think this is like the when you have the uh what the organization that's like doing this investigation, they're yeah. like present stuff, and then Sony's like, well, if we don't like that looks bad. Like it's just like copyright yes. law. Like you're, you're protecting copyright laws that sometimes you don't want to sue that little person, but you have to do it to keep your copyright. So they're just doing that because they were asked to, or like, this is what they're, they're asked to present. So they're trying to make an argument for it. Um, I don't think it's Sony just being like, Oh yeah, this is definitely going to happen. This is definitely going to go through. They probably saw like an opportunity, like, well, at least say what, what, what could be. And we'll try to make this argument. I mean, that's what lawyers do all the time. Um, right. So I, I understand, like it definitely makes Sony seem back and forth because they pay money to keep things off of Microsoft, just like Microsoft is paying money to try to keep stuff off Sony. But um, I think they're just trying to protect that to make sure that it's not an issue. Yeah, I, I think I'm more referencing like other things that have come out that they've tried to say. Like, I think one of their terms that they wanted to get Microsoft to agree to was like, well, you can't have any Microsoft, uh, you know, like Xbox exclusive um, content for Call of Duty games. All the while, there is like so much PlayStation exclusive Call of Duty content, like with Warzone and then with Modern Warfare 2. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, I get that they have to play this game and they have to say these things and whatever. I just find it like tedious and and so played out. And and I guess I guess what I'm really saying is I'm tired of having arguments with people on the internet, not that I am engaged in any of these, but like of like, is this good? (laughs) 
is Microsoft like overstepping? No, they're not. It's fine. Whatever. No, I, so. I, I, I think the real thing here is like, let's get some lawyers involved, like talking about this. Like what is like from the legal perspective, like what is right. going on here? And um, is there a reason that Sony's doing this? Is there a reason why Microsoft is doing this? Is there a reason why the competition market authority is doing this? Like, I think that is just something to like, that's the kind of analysis we want other than people just being like, well, Microsoft and Sony hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like th- th- this is, more than just it being like a call of duty thing this is like a legal law business thing that is much bigger than what i can possibly understand yeah similar to what we just read about this exclusivity deal uh, microsoft thinks that uh well, well uh the insomniac wolverine game is going to be coming out next year basically in a document talking about like um for the competition and markets authority in the UK, that's who a lot of these uh, conversations have been happening around. This is that regulatory board. That's like just making sure that everything's kosher with all this. Um, In a response to PlayStation saying like, they're going to have, you know, so like in a response to them saying what, Uh, sorry, let me find this exactly here. Um, Oh, so responding and saying, like, the market isn't going to be massively influenced by this purchase. uh, And Sony itself is not going to be, like, massively influenced by this purchase. Microsoft said this, uh, said that PlayStation has a, quote, large portfolio of high quality exclusive content. PlayStation also has a spat of first and third party exclusive titles lined up for launch in 2023, including Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, Horizon, Final Fantasy 16 and Forspoken. Those are some of the next year's biggest titles. Like that's for like for real. Horizon? I don't get that. Like for PC maybe? Is that what they're talking about? Or, uh, I, I think or the, the Call of the Mountain. Whatever that is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Or or but it also could be in reference to whatever they've got planned that we talked about and heard about. Uh, what was that? Last week, two weeks ago, about a potential remake or that multiplayer game. Okay. Oh, um, so, it could be any number of things, right? Like. The remake we all need. <laughs> I don't disagree, though, right? Like, yeah, like there's a lot of big shit coming to the PlayStation 5 in 2023 and 2024. I don't know if this is like, I think people are sort of making this into a bigger deal than it is. I don't think this is Microsoft like purposefully leaking that Wolverine is coming in 2023 to get back at Sony. Like, that would be wild because it, they basically just said, like, they've got a bunch of games. Here's some of the games that we know about that are coming next year. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think maybe that's what they intend. I think the bigger story is that Spider-Man 2 and um, Wolverine coming out the same year seems to be like crazy. But like I'm I've been frequently impressed with Insomniac, not only like uh, releasing a lot of stuff, but like being consistent with th- when things get released. Um, yeah. I mean, Miles Morales, would you, I would have never thought that would have come out when it came out as soon as it came out after um, Spider-Man and it came out right with Ratchet and Clank, right? Like around say, the same yeah. time. Like that is that is impressive. Um they've they, got to have multiple studios, oh, right? They have multiple like, they have yeah. to have multiple of that. Um so like maybe, who knows? Uh, uh maybe uh we'll see more of it soon other than that gr- that grisly uh bloody knuckle of good old uh Mr. Logan. What's his first name? James Logan. No, I thought Logan was his Logan. What's his last name? Logan Lerman. Lerman. Lo- Logan Lerman. Um, Logan Lerman is, is and an actor. I, this is at the part of the podcast where Josh is once again screaming at it, needs to create a Twitter account and correct us. <laughs> agreed, agreed. If you, dear listener, uh, 
know what the fuck Wolverine's real name is. It's not Logan. I think they just call him Logan. I don't know. If you know what it is, tell us. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I do care. <laughs> I, I'm saying, like, I don't care to look it up right now and have to wade through, like, eight Wikipedia pages to be like, well, technically. And, like, all right, whatever. Not that interested. Uh, <laughs> I think he just goes by Logan. Logan Lerman is an actor who was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower in the Percy Jackson movies. Anyway, um, I guess in response, though, to all those questions, right, about, like, game development and stuff, Insomniac confirmed, uh, it, it responded to a tweet uh, basically saying, don't worry, we're making good progress, and it's still slated for 2023 in regards to Spider-Man 2, by the way. Uh, showing games takes time, effort, resources, and coordination. Uh, they really hit the nail on the head there in just, like, such a brief statement about People want trailers of games, right? People want to see these games as they're being worked on. Uh, but to make a trailer like that looks good and finished and like has like uh, clips from the video game looking like it's done, you need to have so like that it takes so many resources that you could just spend working on the game. Like there's just no reason to do that unless you need a big show unless you're trying to like fill a big showcase. Um, we'll see this game when it comes out or, or when it's ready, you know, like. If they're still on slave for 2023, as they say, like, I'm all good for that. I'll see a trailer when it comes out and it's going to be good. I mean, even, even speaking of what you said, like they recently, they this week released more of the Final Fantasy 16 trailer, like a, a, mm -hmm. a bigger, deeper dive into it. And it looked good. Like, and I remember that first trailer that came out um, for it. And it looked like a little like this looks a little like framey issue. It doesn't look that like it's sure. like it didn't look as impressive as this one did. And that's just part of the development cycle. Like you, you show your game when it's ready. Don't like just show it. People are going to buy this game, friends. Yes. Let me tell you something about it. If I'm confident about one thing next year, people will buy this game. <laughs> yes, I would. I would say that that um, is true. One more thing about Sony, uh, I, like Sony and PlayStation are different like entities. You know what I mean? The same way that Xbox and Microsoft are different entities. Like Sony's the parent company. PlayStation is is the company within Sony. Um, the official Sony Twitter account <sighs> tweeted. Can you see it with a little emoji? Which PlayStation game cover are we zooming in on? And it's like the corner of the Bloodborne guy's hat. Uh, and so they deleted that tweet because everyone went fucking nuts. Basically saying like, oh my gosh, they just confirmed a, a, a remake of Bloodborne. Or oh my gosh, they just confirmed a PS5 port of Bloodborne or whatever. Um, because they just mentioned Bloodborne. What do you think? I think... I think they just tweeted about it and didn't know what they were getting into because Sony and PlayStation, like I said, are different like arms, you know, and I imagine that maybe Sony as a whole doesn't understand the fanaticism around that game in the way that PlayStation does. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, you know me and my conspiracy theory shit. I hope this is like just like cheap marketing to get people to talk about this, to like start drumming up people talking about it. Sure. Um, like, you know, I've been bit. I've been uh, proven wrong before with this kind of stuff. But I mean, how simple is it just to put something like that to get people interested in it? And like worst case scenario, people just talked about it for a weekend. Best case scenario, they're coming out with a, a remake of Bloodborne. Um, but best case scenario, let, let's talk about games I still don't think need to be remade. I want to see Bloodborne 2 before I see a remake of Bloodborne. Um, I'm sorry, you want to see Bloodborne 2? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, people get like all people have been so weird about Bloodborne in, in wanting that 60 frames per second patch. And like, I get it. I played it this year. It doesn't run the best. 
and the load times definitely leave something to be desired. And like, there's places to be improved, right? If you're going to do a remastered version of that game, I'm not trying to say like it's a perfect game that like doesn't need to be touched. And like, I I get why like people want them want that, but I don't know. It's a perfectly playable good game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're 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 right. I mean, are we gonna get a remake of uh, of uh, Dark Souls? That's not just the remaster of it. Are we gonna get like a true remake? Come on, let's get the original Dark Souls again. Let me let me not beat that game for the thirtieth time. Start that up but, again. Like that's the thing, though, right? Like, do we even need that? I get. I don't know. I like. They could just make new stuff. <laughs> Bloodborne Two. I think people would be way more excited about Bloodborne Two than Bloodborne Remastered or PS Five Patch or whatever. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I just think that they whatever. <laughs> they I think they just like shot themselves in the foot for no reason on like a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> like, oh fuck. Like get everyone riled up. Or they were like, oops. <laughs> I mean that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people assumed that, but then the fact that they deleted the tweet, I think means like, no no. <laughs> No, no. You, you delete nothing on the internet. We found it. We found the tweet. We know it. We know what you've we done, Sony. It. We got it. Well, hey, you know what? We're not deleting this whole episode. Uh, at least I oh. hope. Yeah. I'll wait till we save it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to actually keep talking about this because I'm not going to jinx it. What I'm trying to say is the episode is over. Thanks so much for listening. As we said at the top of the show, you can join us on Discord. Link to that is in the description of the episode. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/HitboxPod. Just like Dave Parker, Jay Null you maybe uh follow us on twitter at hitbox pod give us a rating on spotify apple podcasts whatever you're listening to this on I, google Podcasts is that even a thing i don't know don't have an android phone unfortunately can't tell you um what do i usually say here thanks that was the show we'll catch you next week bye do you have anything to add uh no uh two plus two four easy four plus four Eight. Easy. Four plus two. Six. Easy. Six plus four. Ten. Easy. Uh, 72 times 12. Um, 836. Cool. Sure. The, how? How? I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. How close? Find that, like, se- 70, right, 72. It was times what? 12? Yeah. What would you say it was? 836 Ah, I was not that far off 864 You're pretty You're right there You're right there Thanks so much for listening We will catch you next week Always remember Old games are old Bye Bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>